0: this is women veterans rock on the hill the podcast it's new people new policies new pros for today's women on the move women represent 51 percent of america's overall population and yet women only hold less than one-third of the nation's elected leaders positions in today's episode of she should run learn how today's military women are preparing themselves as candidates for public leadership and as candidates for elected office. And now here's your host, Deborah Harmon-Pugh. Welcome to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill. It is the
1: award-winning podcast for today's Women on the Move. And I am your host, Deborah Harmon-Pugh. Over the last 15 years, we have witnessed America's social and political landscape being encapsulated in a perpetual state of preparing for local and national primary campaigns. Yet statistics shows us that the percentage of women in local government seats range from a high of 33% and as low as two percent and there are even fewer women in management positions in local and national government. Now we know as of January 2022 there were 121 women in the U.S. House of Representatives and this is not counting the four females serving as non-voting delegates making women 27.9% of the total number of members in the United States House of Representatives. In this conversation, we are going to talk about why female representation is so important. And of course, we know that representation is a core component of our democracy. In today's episode of She Should Run, you will meet one of America's military women who's a rising star in Nevada State public leadership. And she is looked upon as an emerging phenomena, heading for future elected office just on the other side of her 20 year retirement from military service. Today's special guest is Michonne Montgomery. She is a program director with the nonprofit and nonpartisan organization called. She should run in the great state of Nevada. And she is a dynamic and a real life rising star that you will not forget. So join me in
0: welcoming aboard Mishon Montgomery after this short break. This episode is sponsored in part by our longtime community partner, Chestnut Hill College. Chestnut Hill College is a certified yellow ribbon institution and a military-friendly college. It has a distinguished history of supporting America's student veterans, military families, and the community at large. We are proud to have this fine academic institution as one of our supporting community partners. This episode of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill is sponsored by the Women Veterans Rock Civic Leadership Institute, where our priority is preparing today's military women for post military civic leadership, business leadership, and nonprofit leadership in America new ranks digital media network is connecting today's new ranks and new generations to family friends and faith as a digital lifeline across time and across distance new ranks is america's fastest growing digital media network that's connecting people places and possibilities to one another
2: hey hey everyone i am nishan Montgomery, and i'm the director of programs at she should run I'm an advocate for normalizing female leadership for the present and for the rising generation, and I am excited to be a member of the podcast posse here at Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast. Good
1: afternoon, Miss Michonne Montgomery, and welcome to Women Veterans Rock
2: on the Hill the podcast well hello hello thank you so much for having me i sure appreciate being here uh this is a a phenomenal opportunity to talk about women and getting them into public office and just having a great time so i'm excited to chat it up with you and uh hopefully hopefully grow the minds of women all over the world all the listeners let's do it well thank you so much for joining us here today and we are Eager to learn all about your
1: work at She Should Run. Now, for those who are just getting acquainted with She Should Run, we want them to recognize that this is a nonpartisan organization that is well known for identifying and tackling the barriers to elected leadership. She Should Run supports women from all political leanings to run for office and or public leadership. So, Michonne, as the director of programs at She Should Run,
2: let's begin with you telling us all about the organization She Should Run. As you said, She Should Run is a national nonpartisan 501c3 organization. And what we do is increase the number of women considering a run for public office by helping them realize their potential. So we were founded in 2011 by Erin Los Patrero, and as a nonpartisan nonprofit, we encourage women from all walks of life to see what's possible for their leadership in elected office. Uh, we use the culture shift efforts. Things that are currently happening in the world in support of you know, our robust community. We have a community of 30,000 women, and we help them fit in the picture and show that no matter where you come from, what you look like, your unique perspective is needed in government. We also make the case to men and women who have no interest in running at all (laughs) that that this work can't be done alone. So each and every one of us stands to benefit from having diverse perspectives and experiences in government, um, and it will take all of us to see that vision come to life. So tell us about your role in the organization as the director of programs. As director of programs, I oversee the organization's programmatic efforts and I use a, and find unique ways to present curriculum that demystifies the roles of elected officials and what it means to be civically engaged. And so i, I pepper in these concepts of mindfulness practice um, and create an avenue for women to visualize, visualize themselves in public office, thus inspiring them to one day run for office. And so it's, it's me, you know, me being an internal optimist, me believing that the concept of enthusiasm makes a difference, uh, and my I marvel in the deliciousness of, of life, if you will, and I take all of that, bundle it up, and throw it into our program to hopefully help women recognize that every one of their perspectives is needed in some way, shape, or form in public office, um, and, and hopefully our work motivates them to take those those next steps. Ever since I had an opportunity to meet you and work
1: with you on our public policy day at Women Veterans Rock, I've been really interested and learning more about your story and how you became involved in She Should Run, and why did you get involved? So perhaps you could share with us a, a
2: bit about your story and in getting involved with this organization. Absolutely. So as a 20-year military member, uh, you know, retiring from the military was a, you know, a big decision to make, and um, I have been stationed all over the world. <laughs> and uh, it was my duty station at Aviano Air Base in Italy where I was speaking to a organization in Germany, actually. I was invited out to speak uh, to an organization called Americans Working Around the Globe, where they taught leadership concepts to um, women specifically, but to those who sat in organizing organizing positions uh, on the installation. So our MWRs, um, our Eminent Family Readiness Center, you know, thrift, thrift shops, all of those key uh, positions and organizations that build our members up, build our military members up and support them on the backside. And uh, I, I, a woman walked up to me and asked me, had I ever considered running for public office? And I told her that I had thought about it, but I just didn't know where to start. And she mm-hmm. said, you should start what she should run. And that was in mm-hmm. 2018. I remember thinking, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time for this at the moment, um, but what I found is when I when I did, I pcs uh, to Las Vegas, Nevada, to Nellis Air Force Base, and I was uh, encroaching uh, retirement time, and I started to look them up. And I looked up the organization, and I found what was so unique and so profound about She Should Run is that it created a safe space for me to just kind of wrestle with the idea and thoughts of running for office. So a lot of traditional mm-hmm. candidate training programs to women who have already made the decision, but she should one sit at the top of the funnel where we work with women who are maybe just contemplating or not even aware of how they can turn their skills and their leadership qualities into a run for public office. And I felt very comfortable there. I felt very safe there to just explore the community, be a part of it. I joined one of the programs, the cohort program, and I grew my purpose, my passion, right there in the organization. So when the next opportunity for me came along uh, to serve in a different way, I knew that this was the space for me to continue to grow myself personally um, and professionally. But I also have dreams of running for office one day. And so it was what better way than to learn how to teach other people to do it so that I could do it myself? <laughs>
1: Oh, my. Well, a lot has occurred in your life in terms of civic leadership and post-military civic engagement since 2018. And I am really amazed at how much you have grown and your vision has expanded in such a short period of time. Talk to us a little bit about some of the programs that exist that She Should Run. I know that um, they have a program
2: that is referred to as the She Should Run starter kit. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So the starter kit is an awesome, robust packet, if you will, that helps women uh, take those first steps into public office uh, in on their own journey, but also uh, working through worksheets. And so when you go to the starter kit, the first thing you'll see is kind of a, a public office profile suite. Two things that I'll highlight specifically, a public office profile suite And basically, it breaks down. We did the work to figure out some of the main um, and key roles that we saw women interested in. And we -hmm. we decided, okay, how can we pull out information that women want to know at a glance? So if you go in there, Mm -hmm. you'll notice that, You'll see different positions, what they are, some of the requirements to run, and some of the helpful skills to have. So if you're thinking about running for, you know, mayor, governor, school board, you can come to this public office profile suite and explore it on your own, figure out what some of the women who are currently sitting in those positions did uh, to get there, how much it cost, et cetera. And, and it's a great opportunity to just explore in a safe space. Also in the starter kit is the public office, um, which office should you run for quiz. And the, mm-hmm. the, which office should you run for quiz, probably my favorite thing. It's a fun, interactive quiz that helps take who you are as a person, some of your characteristics, and they, they walk you through uh, questions. And then at the end, we give you the results to tell you which office, based on your characteristics, your qualities, what you're passionate about. Will transition mm-hmm. into a student public office, and those are those are two of the the things in the in the starter kit. There's also uh, guides in there. There's you know ten things you should know about being about women's representation, to work on civic engagement, and it's all free for anyone to to log onto the community or join join the community. Go to the community. SheShouldRun.org, and you have access to that starter kit.
1: I am just loving this conversation and you giving us an overview of the intricacies of She Should Run. And one thing that you just mentioned, I think that is a very poignant position, and that is running for office and running for public leadership, oftentimes people get those, I won't say confused, but they they are integrated, meaning that if a person is looking to seek public leadership, it doesn't always have to be in elected office. And you indicated that this quiz is an opportunity for people to determine are they looking to run for mayor or council, city council, or school boards. So let's take a second to talk about how you prepare individuals for public leadership that is not the traditionally recognized elective office. For example, a role on the local school board, tell us a bit about some of those differences
2: in considerations well you know what's really great, and I thank you for that question because I think it's the question on a, a lot of a lot of women's mind in particular because you know the thought is i don't want to run for Congress and I don't want to run for I don't want to be a congresswoman, right? I don't want to do something to that magnitude, but there are so many other ways to get involved. And some of those local offices are a huge part of that. So you have your city council, you have your your school board. I've learned about, you know, there's, town councils and uh, you mm-hmm. just being a part of, it. and I want you to recognize and everyone mm-hmm. listening to recognize that that also includes being a part of your, you know, just starting with your PTA or your local mm-hmm. HOA. These are all leadership positions that people can take on to get started in civic engagement and, and connecting mm-hmm. with other people and showing themselves as a leader. So the first part mm-hmm. is to follow your passion. What are you passionate about? What's that purpose mm-hmm. that, that when you, when, the, when the, and here's, here's what I'll say, when the rubber hits the road and you wake up and say, why am I doing this? What's that mm-hmm. foundation for you? What's the why? That's the thing that we take women to immediately is to start help cultivating that purpose and that why because that's going to be the thing that hinges you. So if you're not passionate about the school and <laughs> and school lunches and all of those different things, you may not want to take that route. But if you are passionate about making sure that your city doesn't have potholes or your town doesn't have potholes or you can't stand every time you get in your car and you drive and there's one light <laughs> on ranch for 30 to 45 minutes, you know, there's something you can do about that. What's that thing that's nagging at you that you want to do something about and how do we turn that into something else, whether through public office or just by stepping up as a leader in your community. And I think that local and community leadership is an important place
1: to start because it gives the person an opportunity to be able to identify the why to really look at their passions. And there are some people that serve on their board of libraries or their school boards or some other local commission for for a very long time. And there are others that use it as a starting
2: point to go into other areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am, you are 100% correct. And And that's the thing. You've got to be driven by what moves and motivates you, right? So if you don't, if you don't see yourself in this, you know, going the full way, you know, you scale up each time a election comes around. I need everyone to know that that is okay. We need women's representation in all walks of life, from all walks of life in all positions because if, if when you go into that room. It's that representation. It's looking down the seat and seeing other women sitting there to support you. And sometimes you need that support. It's the support system. And when I look around the room and I see my support system, then I feel, I feel more confident. So I may not be the one running for, for. Mm-hmm you know, city council or for for governor or mayor or congress, but I look around the room and I see other women who have taken those steps in leadership and I feel I feel good and I say I can do this, right? And I get empowered and motivated. And that's where that representation, you know, matters. Today's conversation is really important for me to have you
1: be able to express these thoughts to our listeners. Because oftentimes we talk about getting our seat at the table. And I've always been a proponent for once you get your seat at the table, now what do you do? And I don't Mm -hmm. think that we spend enough time in preparing and sharing and teaching and developing women for what they should do once they get their seat at the table. So you've talked about the Starter Kit, and in the Starter Kit, it gives us an opportunity to utilize this tool that you have online called your quiz so that we can make some determinations about our interests, our passion, and our why. Then there's a thing that a C-shirt one that offers is called the incubator. So talk to us a bit about the incubator because I think it may give us additional insight into the importance of civic engagement representation, and having a voice in the public square. What happens with this incubator? Tell us all about it. Absolutely. So the incubator,
2: what's really great is that this is, uh, we launched it in about 2016, um, and it's a digital space for women to get training, uh, support. And, and, the community, they need to consider running for office. But the great part is that all of this content, everything that's available is absolutely free. So you come in here and we're talking about working through various, uh, various coursework that helps you explore the, the, the how, the why, Mm-hmm. All, all of those beautiful questions <laughs> that many of us ask ourselves. So I'll name some of the coursework just in case, you know, something perks and speaks up for someone, but combating uh, intersectional barriers, finding pathways, mm-hmm. fostering communication, building networks, mm-hmm. cultivating leadership. All of these mm-hmm. courses are free. And then you walk through, and as you complete the coursework, you 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 tag us and and you let us know. Hey, I just finished this and this is what I got out of it. And then the community of women, you know, speaks to you and shares their thoughts with you and helps you continue to build some of these areas. And we do the same as you know, program managers and uh, the what, people who run the incubator and and the content. We look out for these when you say, "Hey, I just completed this." We applaud your your growth and. It's, a, it's an amazing opportunity to just, at your own pace, at your own pace, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no, this is the best part, there's no requirement to complete this at a certain time. And so we meet mm-hmm. women from um, very unlikely, I never want to run for office, to 10, mm-hmm. I got to run next election cycle. And we all can mm-hmm. bring something out of this incubator content, find something in this incubator content that works specifically for them. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So we've addressed the fact
1: that we have emerging leaders that are working to get their seat at the table, and they can do that through this tool of the quiz to be able to make some determination about where and how they begin. And in the incubator, it allows us to be able to prepare women for being able to have a voice in the public square. What are some of the benefits or the expected outcomes for those who make a decision to participate in the incubator and take advantage of those free workshop course, courses, as well as training opportunities.
2: Absolutely. I think the, the biggest part is that we're going to help change, you know, hopefully we're going to shift that mindset. So if you come to us and you've maybe you maybe, you've been involved a little bit, someone asks you, have you ever thought about it? And you get to this space We're hoping to build your mindset up, build your confidence, and that's part, a huge part of it. My God. So many women question their confidence. They question their qualifications. Am I qualified to run? Do I have what it takes? And hopefully as we walk through this incubator content and you, you take part in the webinars and you participate, we have internal uh, exclusive member uh, community events. And so when you join community, which is absolutely free to do, we have Ask Me Anything events where you get the opportunity to speak directly to people who are sitting in public office right now. And they answer all your questions. We brought on a political strategist. Um, we brought on uh, county commissioners, city councilwomen. We, we have the ask me anything, and then we have a conversation in coffee where you can have a that wet conversation with someone who's sitting in public office. All of this is free access to you. And the hope is that you're going to start to figure out, okay, one, build your confidence. If they did it, I can do it, too. You're going to figure out your foundation. We're going to lay that groundwork for you. Right, and then, Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna address some of those barriers, maybe some of those fears head on. Because here's, here's what we know. There's so many barriers to women just taking the next step. We get you mm-hmm. to the door and say, Hey, have you thought about it? Yeah, I thought about it. You know, have, are you considering it? Would you, would you think about maybe going into some type of candidate training or something like that? I don't know. That's mm-hmm. too much of a commitment. I don't, I don't know if uh, I have the right qualifications. I don't know how to fundraise. I don't know how to it. Okay. Let's break down some of these barriers and you can do that with us in a very safe space. We'll work together to do it. And, and then hopefully, hopefully that transition, that aha moment will click and you'll go, Okay. Okay, I I think I'm ready, and and we're working right now to create a very beautiful uh, opportunity to to work with other organizations, and more to come on that, come find us, (laughs) as we're launching some new programs that Mm connect women to other organizations. So we're really doing the work to make sure that women are set up and ready and prepared when they make that decision to run for public office. Michelle, you mentioned barriers, and there are so many barriers that
1: are facing women that are looking to be able to mobilize, lead, speak, have their voice heard in a public arena. I'd like for you to talk a bit about trends, Uh, some of the trends or the stats that are out there that may be related to the barriers or to help us uh, dispel some of the myths around barriers. So talk to us about uh, some of the trends that your organization is tracking in women running for office.
2: I'll share with you one of the first the first trends that I want to talk about. And it just came out in some research in March 2022 and it was the Lawless and Fox research. And you don't know Jennifer Lawless. She's been studying women's representation and women's ambition to run for public office for 20 years. And this uh, mm-hmm. this new, this new Research showed us something that, yeah, I'll be honest, was uh, I I read it and I got a little sad, you know, (laughs) because I'm kind of new to the space. And so what we Mm -hmm. learned is that uh, while, you know, to the external eye, women are running for office. Let's be very clear. Women are running. They're they're everywhere along the political spectrum. We have, you know, Mm -hmm. vice president on down. Um, We have Mm -hmm. women, you know, sitting in spaces. And when when women, let me say this out loud so everyone feels it in their chest, when women run, women win. When women run, women win. Right, but what this research showed us, you like that one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but what the research showed us was despite what we see to our external eye, the ambition to run for public office hasn't changed for women in 20 years. So despite that increase in representation, This research showed us that, you know, it spoke to the gender gap and political ambition being just as big today as it was 20 uh, 20 years ago. And that's kind of devastating, right? The needle hasn't moved. And so, one of the things that the report um, showed is that, you know, and you spoke a little bit to this earlier, what happens when a woman gets into public office? And and what we know and what needs to start happening even more is that those women who make their way into public office, you have to come back and you have to ask a woman to run to. So you can allude to the fact that, hey, you know, you should do what I did, but you have to go and you have to take your your position and step down and say, hello, have you thought about this? Have you considered it? And you need to ask at least three times to a woman to get her to even start cultivating that within herself. And so this is where we have a, a on, on She Should Run's main page, there's a Part a drop down that says "Ask a Woman to Run," and you can input her name and why she's a great leader, and she will get an email directly for us that says someone has thought about you in the lane of running for public office and invites <laughs> you to the community. And that's something. Yes, you say that um, you are relatively new
1: to this space, and it's been since 2018 that you have been um, introduced in this to this community, has been at least approached about consideration of running for office, and as you said, when women run, women win. Yes. So you've been in this space since 2018, and you were first approached about considering to run for office. I'd like for you to go back to the beginning of this conversation when you said, you were interested in running for office. You told us about how you got involved with She Should Run, but I'd like for you to
2: reveal a bit more about why you want to run for office. Absolutely. You know, so that, well, thank you for the question. That's really great. Um, you know, so as a, a military, you know, member, you know, with 20 years, you, <laughs> you, you you see a lot of things, but you really don't get an opportunity. We're told, we're told don't talk about three things, right, politics, um mm-hmm. religion and and race right, and that's just the, the reality. good order and discipline we we keep some of the the things out of our conversation if we all want to move in lockstep um and what I started to realize for myself personally around twenty eighteen was that you know there were some decisions being made, not necessarily by the military but just in the world, some things happening, and I didn't know where my place was. I was an airman. But what else could I do? I mean, what who else? What else was underneath the uniform? If I once I took this off, how did I continue to serve? And so I started. I remember watching. <laughs> I was cleaning my house and I was watching the C-SPAN channel. And I remember seeing. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing all of these three and four-star generals sitting at a table. I don't remember the congresswoman's name, but what she said was that sexual assault. Sexual harassment, sexual assault where she wanted them to decrease, if not be zero, across all of the branches. And I remember mm-hmm. turning, you know, watching those generals and people turn around and start pulling, mm-hmm. you know, papers and 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 <laughs> trying to come up with responses and figuring out the next steps. And I thought to myself, well, who is the woman at the other end of the table? That's exactly mm-hmm. what I asked in my brain. Who's the woman at the other end of the table that's saying that? She she no longer wants to receive a letter from a woman whose daughter or son is serving in the United States, you know, military, and and these are their stories. Who's that woman? Because while I had aspirations of, you know, cl- climbing the ranks and doing all these things, I didn't know who. I didn't realize that guess what? It, it, we're in service to the country. And so there's another role, there's another role that's saying, hey, as an organization as a common sense, these are the things that you all will get after. And I thought, oh my gosh, Nishan, that's the part. That's where you need to be sitting because you know enough about military service. You know enough about what we need. You know enough about what's what hampering us, what's hindering us, what, hardwareing us with getting at our airmen, our soldiers, and you can be on the other side of this thing and helping. And that's when I made the decision in my mind to start thinking about it. And and mind you now, thinking about it. Now I'm I'm my mom used to always say affirmation, affirmation, confirmation. So that was yes. an affirmation in my mind, right? I was a, a professional military education instructor in Italy. And one of my students as I was up there they they asked me, you know, they said, "Certain gummy, have you ever thought about running for office?" And I was like, "Ooh, affirmation, affirmation." That's two. Mm-hmm. And then when the lady, <laughs> and when the lady asked me at the event, had I ever thought about it? That was confirmation. I knew I just needed to take take the next steps and figure it out. And uh, and that's where that's where it started for me. Just watching someone on on television and watching them watching this Congress. I wish I could remember which Congresswoman it was because her level of intensity, her level her her, her level of care. And what she would no longer tolerate um, spoke volumes to me. Volumes to me, and it's the same thing I preached while in the military. And I wanted to be able to do that uh, from a from a holistic level and from a, a bigger uh, stage. And that's where that's exactly what it was.
1: <laughs> so you have decided to run for public office in your post military life, in which we should let our listeners know that is just on the horizon. After already serving nearly 20 years in military service. So you've decided to run for office. Where are you in this journey as you
2: prepare for post-military public leadership? Oh, that's huge, right? So um, for, for me right now, you know, working with She Should Run is giving me an opportunity to see inside, you know, the inner workings of what happens to build women up to take these next steps. And so I, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. For me, it's about connecting and networking with the right people. So there's a, there's a, there's a, a fine line because, um, you, of course, you can't run, um, <laughs> you can't necessarily run for public office while you're while, while you're in the military. And trust you me, I asked, uh, and, <laughs> and they said uh, no. But what I did do was, and this is what I would encourage so many women to do because it, it is something that's so simple. Is I found mm-hmm. out I got to Nevada and I, uh, changed my residency because I knew I wanted to be, stay here. I was enjoying, enjoying Las Vegas. And, um, I started looking into how to get involved, uh, while still active duty at the time. And so mm-hmm. I put my, put my, my hat on and I found out that there are boards and commissions. Who knew that states had boards and commissions? So hear me when I say your states have boards and commissions. And, uh, I, apply for the Nevada Commission for Women. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I mean, I applied, <laughs> I applied and it's a governor-appointed position where we get mm-hmm. after um, the societal... Uh, you know, an economic inequities for women in the state. And so we we study what's happening in the state and then we go out and we propose legislation, uh, to our state officials, uh, to hopefully, um, bridge the gap in gender pay parity and, um, women's representation and all, all aspects of women's, women's roles within the state. And, uh, it is really a beautiful opportunity. And I had no idea that this was something because guess what? I had been PCSing and, you know, <laughs> Moving, if you will, for those that don't know the acronym, I've been moving all of my career. I've been at seven or eight mm-hmm. TV stations. Nowhere was called home. And so mm-hmm. when I found a place called home, I started to dig in and figure out who can I talk to, who can I get to know. And uh, the board, the commission came up. And it's a, I won't say an easy job. It's definitely time consuming, but it's not something um, that that can't be done. Um, it, it's meetings and it's just Working with other women who have the same uh, desires as myself, and there's all kinds of boards. There's the economic development board. You know, there's all. I mean, there's so many boards. There's a veterans board. There's so many boards. And and if you're a citizen, in many cases, you can get involved and be a part of these boards too. So that's my first step is to throw my throw my hat in the ring as a <laughs> as a, a appointed commissioner. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess I went from you know one one handle to another uh, <laughs> in my own right. But that that's That's uh, the first steps for me, and I'm learning a great deal.
1: Well, congratulations on your appointment to the Nevada State Commission for Women, because it sounds to me that you are firmly in this position of readiness, and in terms of everyone knows that the military always prepares to be in a readiness posture, and it sounds like you are already there with this first appointment to the Nevada State Commission
2: for Women. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And you know what? You just hit, you just, you just said it. You just named it, right? Readiness. I think for mm-hmm. any woman who, who desires to step into any role, whether, whether that's one where you have to run for office or one where you just want to, you know, you want to step in and you want to lead, you want to step, mm-hmm. it's all about finding that thing that moves you. I'm, as I said, passionate about normalizing, um, mm-hmm. female representation. And so I went out and I sought it. I found it. And I figured out what what were the barriers, what were the things that may have stood in my way, and and then I I, I did what I needed to do to move through them. And, and that's where a lot of, I hear a lot of people talk about the barriers, you know, but then they stop right there. Don't stop when the barrier presents. Let's figure out. Let's work together to figure out how we get after this thing so that the barrier can be moved and shifted. We can break that barrier, right, and 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 keep you moving and forging forward. And that's what I do with all aspects of my life. I If it's a barrier, I break it down and I keep forging forward. I don't stop there. Well, preparation absolutely is key to this field of civic
1: leadership and civic engagement. And we have to constantly utilize the tools, resources, and opportunities to keep us ready and to help us prepare. So what would be the one thing that you would want emerging women leaders to know about She Should Run? and being in a state
2: of readiness and preparation. Absolutely. I'll say this. Women's representation matters. Women's representations matter. So whatever, whatever, whatever you're thinking about yourself right now, I want you to tap in to yourself. Take that deep breath in and let that thing out. And know, just know that if you care, you are qualified. If you care, you are qualified. In some way, shape, form, or fashion, if you care, you are qualified. That seat at the table is for you. So when that doubt comes in, I want you to take that deep breath in and let that thing out and and tell yourself, I am qualified. Affirmations are beautiful. I am qualified. I am good enough. I am worthy. I can do this work, and I have a passion to help women, to help people in this world and this is the way that I can get after it. So women's representation, it matters. Win or lose, you are inspiring someone. You are inspiring, inspiring our generation to come. You are inspiring someone. So just your name on the ballot, just your name on the ballot will make change happen. Just <laughs> your name on the ballot. All of the resources that she should run are free to you. All you have to do is come to the community, Hit the hit the button, sign on in, and you have access to all of this information and so much more. And that gives you direct access to us. We're in the community. We're chatting it up. We're having conversations. Come join us and come get motivated and inspired to take those next steps. So tell us, how can we do that? What are the first steps that we need to do to get connected to the community of She Should Run? Right. You're going to visit sheshouldrun.org. SheShouldRun dot org, and when you get there, you're gonna look around and you're gonna say, eh, maybe not me. And I want you to first off erase self doubt from the conversation. We don't doubt here. I want you to go to uh, the community, my account. You're gonna log in, and if you don't have a login, you're gonna create a login, and then right on, right in your face, the first thing that's gonna happen. Is you're going to see a community uh, full of of women who are just having conversations and talking, I want you to click on the community and come in there and introduce yourself. Let us know that you're new to the community. And then once you get inside the community, start exploring and explore with a mind of curiosity. Go in here and find it. Get started. There's a whole guide that says get started. We teach you how to use the community, give you some guidelines, and and then there's always opportunities to let us know what you think. Go to that incubator content, jump into the coursework, and just immerse yourself in growth and immerse yourself in the possibility of what could be next. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back that may not have heard it. I want you to immerse yourself in growth and the possibility of what's
1: next. Thank you, Michonne, for letting our listeners know how they can explore their own interests and considering a run for public office because we really admire the work that you do at She Should Run. We think that they have a lot of important, real-life, tangible tools, such as the starter kit. Becoming involved in the incubator, I want people to know that when they go to your website, should run.org. Not only they should be going to find out information how you can prepare them to get them in a state of readiness and preparation, but more importantly I want them to learn how they can donate to an organization that is doing amazing work in preparing women to run for local office, community opportunities, as well as elected office.
2: Absolutely so, and I should appreciate that. If I can I would love to share like You know, all of these non-profits, you know, it's not like the military, right, with the funding and, and all of that. These non-profits, this is a labor of love. Like, the people who work behind the scenes, you would think that these communities and some of these non-profit organizations are ran by teams of... You know, hundreds of people making it work. A lot, a lot of these teams are small, you know, 10, 15 people teams that are making all of these things happen for, for people and women who are ready to run for public office. So your donations and, and your support is what guides this. You can give once, you can give monthly. Um, all of that is, is, uh, option. Uh, if you go up to she should org, you go to the donate tab and we would love to have you just, you know, Explore the incubator, explore the content, and then, you know, by all means, if your heart moves you to do so, donate to the organization. All of your funds, you know, it takes us, it takes us $62 to move a woman into consideration.
1: Well, I encourage everybody to support this amazing organization. And, Michonne, did I hear you say $62?
2: $62 to move a woman into the consideration stage. All the off- offerings that we have, $62 would move a woman from point A to point B, from awareness to consideration, running for public office.
1: Well, you have our support and you're going to have our donation because as I said earlier, we admire the work that you do. But more importantly, we admire the impact that you are having. As we prepare to close today's conversation, I am interested in finding out if you have any words of encouragement for today's emerging women leaders, and more importantly, for today's upcoming
2: generations, such as Generation Z. Absolutely. And what I would say to to those who are currently in leadership positions, those who are upcoming in leadership positions, and those who are just sitting back in the trenches and right now you're watching and you're getting inspired and you're getting motivated – Keep getting inspired, stay motivated, and go out there and find find your purpose, find your why, and attack it with fervor. I mean, really get after it. So if you start asking yourself, you know, at the same amount of time that you Google <laughs> the videos that you want to watch and watch things on various social media sites, you could be figuring out at the same exact moment how to get involved in your local community and your, and your you know, state and your In government, you can be figuring that out how to get civically engaged and and let that be the thing that propels you. I encourage anyone to do things that motivate and inspire you because that's what's going to keep you grounded and keep you going. So start with that why. Why? What are you passionate about? What's your purpose? And then leverage that into civic engagement and helping other people and, and the thing is, when you help others, you help yourself. I promise you gratitude, being kind, giving back, that all of those things play a part in your life. It actually you know, raises the way you feel internally. So definitely consider that as an as a option for when you say, I want to volunteer, but I don't know what I want to volunteer for. I want to do this. All of those are steps towards public leadership and public office, and I want to just encourage you to channel that. And and go after it with everything within you, and you will you will yield the result that you seek. Well, thank you so much for that
1: because here at the Women Veterans Civic Leadership Institute, we are huge supporters of what it is that you do in terms of engaging and encouraging women for civic engagement. So I want to thank you for an informative and enjoyable conversation here with us today at Women Veterans Rock
2: on the Hill the podcast thank you so much for having me i sure appreciate being
0: here we thank zeta Phi beta sorority incorporated a national enduring partner of women veterans rock for their long-time support and for their shared vision of service inclusion and equality thank you for tuning in and as always, we want to thank our sponsors, Comcast, NBC, Universal, Military, and Veterans Affairs, for their support of women, veterans, military families in the production of Women, Veterans, Rock on the Hill, the podcast. And there's one last thing before we
1: go. We can expect to achieve the very best in public policies here in America that supports equality for women, girls, and for families by tapping into the full talent pool that this country has to offer. And we can do this by identifying and tackling the barriers that exist for women in getting into elected office. And in the words of Michelle Bachelet, a Chilean politician who has served as the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. And she says, a better democracy is a democracy where women not only have the right to vote and the right to elect, But a better democracy is one where women are to be elected. Now, Posse, take us home.